morning. You know, I think about these are the opening words of the New Testament. These are the first words of the New Testament. And, uh, and I was listening to a scripture scholar and he said, you would think an editor would say, don't start with that. That's, that doesn't keep the people's attention. But I'll tell you, you know, even though you think it, it's a bit of a challenging way to begin a long reading in a full church, a lot of the names on that list were not ancestors you would be proud to have. A lot of the names on that list were truly, you know, uh, uh, not good people, frankly. They were bad people. They're murderers and prostitutes and, and adulterers and, and idol worshipers. It's, it's not a pretty picture. But as the people of na the nation of Israel are hearing the proclamation about who Jesus is and all of these generations that have passed, it's not like they don't know they're messed up. They know their family history. They know the history of Israel. They understand that we are a people in need of a savior. Now, let me ask you this. Do you understand that you are a people in need of a savior? Say yes, Father Mike. <laughs> yes, you better. You better because if you don't, you're just going to miss the point. We need a savior. It's still messed up. Human history hasn't changed tremendously since our savior has come into the mix. But we who have recourse to Christ have hope. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our savior was born on Christmas day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray, O tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy, O tidings of comfort and joy. And that is what I give you tonight, tidings of comfort and joy. You know, Christmas, we're celebrating Christmas, and I'm gonna tell you, tidings of comfort and joy, right? Because I'm gonna give you a little bit of our history too, just a little bit, so we understand a few things. But I wanna say this, tell a story that Fulton Sheen told. Christmas is not something that did happen 2,000 years ago. It is something that is happening. It's happening. It's happening. Has it happened to you? See, Christ has to come to birth in us. Christ has to come to birth in us. That's our Christmas. And Christ comes to birth in us. So Fulton Sheen tells the story of a Christmas day. He was a, a priest in England at this time in his life. And on a Christmas morning, he opened the church doors. And as he unlocked the church doors on a Christmas morning before the people had arrived, what did he find on the front steps of the church but a woman who had been out drinking all night, drunk on the front steps of the church. And so... He kind of nudges this sleeping woman and says, you know, what you doing here? And she says, I don't know. And she kind of blinks her eyes and wakes up and figures out where she's at and who she's talking to. And she looks at him and says, you know, I used to be Catholic. And Fulton Sheen says he starts talking to her for a little while and he got her a cup of coffee and asked her why, why she'd been out 
drinking all night. And he said, you know, oftentimes, don't want to be too stereotypical, men drink because they like to drink and women drink because they don't like something else. Like there's something bad going on. And, and she said, well, you know, I've been going with three different men and a uh, house of cards is starting to fall. And they figured out that I'm unfaithful. And uh, he's standing there talking to her and he recognizes her. She's actually something of a celebrity and she's in a, in a big feature play in London there. And so he says to her, why don't you come back this afternoon? He got her a cup of coffee and said, why don't you come back and talk to me this afternoon? And she said, I'll come back and talk to you under one condition. You promise me you will not ask me to go to confession. And he said, okay. She said, now you really, I, you have to tell me you will not pressure me to go to confession. He says, I will not ask you to go to confession. So she did come back that afternoon and they were walking through the church. Now you have to understand how churches were back in those days, they would have these confessionals that just had curtains on them, right? And so she was walking by the confessional and he shoved her into the, <laughs> shoved her into it, you know? And uh, so she got in the confessional there and he, uh, and he had a, a nice talk with her. And, uh, and Christ was born in her anew that day. Christ was born in her Anew. She ended up becoming a religious sister. In fact, she left. She was really a famous actress, a beautiful woman, and she ended up totally dedicating her entire life to Christ, becoming a religious sister. And it was a new Christmas day, wasn't it? You know, Christmas is not something that happened 2,000 years ago. It's something that, that happens now. It's happening. Christ must be born in us. Christ was conceived and brought forth that we too might be born again in a spiritual birth. In this consequence, the evangelist John declares, the faithful have been born not of blood, not of the desire of flesh, not of the will of man, but we have been born of God. Some years ago, a friend of mine was having a real crisis of faith. And so me being a priest and he being my friend calls me to tell me about his crisis of faith. Something had happened. Some of you will remember this, some too well. There was a shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School, right? Remember that? So many babies. It was awful, horrible, it was big news, day after day after day after day. And he says, Father Mike, I just don't get it. I don't get it. There's all this evil. But what about Jesus? What about peace on earth? What about all that? I don't get it. And I was thinking, you know, he's missing the point. He's missing the point. You know, Jesus has come into enemy territory. This is enemy territory. I, I don't know if y'all have come to that full realization or not. 
Jesus has come. He was born like the soldiers landing on D-Day. You know, D-Day, D-Day, Europe was taken over by the Nazis and the soldiers came to free the people there, right? Christ's birth is like the soldiers landing on D-Day. When the soldiers landed on D-Day and they got a foothold and they started the invasion, the war was essentially over. The Allies had won, but the battle continued. That's our situation. That's the world we live in. The war is raging around us now. Which, which side are we on? So when I was reading that genealogy a moment ago and they were thinking about all of those people that had come, they at this point knew what happened to Jesus and we know what happened to Jesus. Jesus was born in that little body on that Christmas day, put in that manger, there was no room for him in the end and we dress it up and we make it look nice and romantic, right? Why don't you tonight, tonight, why don't you go out in your backyard and, and, and get in your dog's house? Because that's the manger. That's the world he was born into. And he was given this body and he comes and he takes this body. And why does he take his, what does, what's he going to do with it? Take this all of you and eat of it. This is my body given for you. And he lays down his life for us and he's on a rescue mission to rescue us from this broken world. And Christmas wasn't something that happened 2000 years ago. It's something that's happening now and it has to happen in our lives. And we have to recognize that we are called to a new life, a new life that transcends this world. The shepherds there on Christmas night, the angels sang, to them and they went and found Jesus immediately. Then we have the wise men, right? Remember the wise men? The wise men, we don't know how far they traveled, but it wasn't one day. They loaded up their camels, they loaded up their gold, they went and searched, they sought and sought and sought. They think it was years for them to finally find Bethlehem. Sometimes that's our journey, right? We're on this journey as long as we keep seeking. God is with us and he is with us in spite of Sandy Hook, in spite of the prostitutes and the murderers and the adulterers and all of those names that I read in that long list, in spite of the darkness, the war in Israel, the war in Ukraine, human trafficking and all the rest. I say to you, and I mean it, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born Christmas day to save us from Satan's power where we had gone astray. Tidings of comfort and joy, tidings of comfort and joy, oh tidings of comfort and joy. My brothers and sisters, Christ is born to rescue us out to call us into a newness of life in spite of all that happens around us, without understanding where we came from, without understanding the circumstances, without hearing about Ahaz and Tamar and all of those people. We might just forget what a mess it is. 
as unlikely as that sounds. Sin and death are powers that rule this world. And Jesus Christ came to bind those powers and make us free. Jesus Christ, our Savior, was born this day. Without understanding the situation and the circumstances that we are in, Jesus' birth, the soldiers landing on D-Day, the war and victory being declared, they're not a big deal. Then we can make Christmas a big deal by lots of presents and cookies and candies and all of those things, but we miss the point. You know what the great joy of Christmas is? To save us from Satan's power. He has been born on this Christmas day. He has been born on this Christmas day. The light comes into the darkness and we find a babe in a manger. I hope you have a little manger in your house. I hope you have a little nativity scene. I hope you can take a few minutes to stop in front of your nativity scene and look at that little baby. Why did Jesus, why did God come to us as a little bitty baby? Or look at, look at a real life little baby. Why did, come to, why did God come to us as a little bitty baby? They couldn't even talk absolutely vulnerable anybody here afraid of God anybody afraid of him search your heart he comes as a baby that we can approach him he comes as a baby that we won't be afraid of him. He comes as a baby that Satan thinks he might have power over him. And Satan is gonna take the bait. And Christ is gonna take all the sins of the world on himself. And he's gonna nail him with that little baby's body to the cross and we rejoice that D-Day, right? We're at D-Day. The victory is at hand. We know who wins. Our God is with us, Emmanuel. This tiny baby. We seek him, not as Herod sought him. Not as Herod sought this tiny baby to kill him. Not as we hear in the book of Revelation, a great sign appeared in heaven. This is Revelation chapter 12. If you came to mass on the feast of the Immaculate Conception, you would have heard this reading. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, a crown of 12 stars on her head. That's Mary. She was pregnant. She cried out in pain, about to give birth. Another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon with seven heads and 10 horns. Its tail swept the third of the sky, stars from the sky and flung them to the earth. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who about to give birth that he may devour her child. That's the world we live in. But guess what that child did, right? That's right, he won. He won the victory. Christian, 
I'm addressing you, Christian, I'm addressing you. Remember your dignity. Remember your greatness. Remember what God did for you. Do not return to your former condition. Bear in mind whose you are. Bear in mind the price paid for you. Bear in mind who is your head and whose body you are a member. Do not forget that you have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the light of God's kingdom. Do not forget the great gift, the great, great gift of Christmas Day. No, the world's not perfect. But if we think it's going to be perfect, we're missing the point. We've been rescued out of this world. We've been reborn to eternal life in Christ.